1: Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about how to escape from zombie mode, and we'll talk to writer and marketing consultant Crystal Ellison about an intriguing know-yourself-better exercise. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and joining me today from L.A. is my sister Elizabeth Kraft, who will soon be joining me here in New York City in real life. That's me, Elizabeth Croft, a TV writer
0: and producer living in L.A. And yes, Scratch, I cannot wait to settle into your guest room for a few days.
1: Yes, we are very, very excited to have you. <laughs> now, before
0: we get going, we want to remind everybody about our book club book. Yay! It's Kate Bowler's new book, No Cure for Being Human.
1: Yes, we're excited to talk to Kate and to hear everybody's questions and insights and comments. So send them our way. Also, I wanted to let you know, I have a group of superfans. If you have signed up to be a super fan, I give you a gold star. If you would like to sign up, you can go to happiercast.com slash superfan. I have a lot of exciting things coming up, especially if you join by October 31st. So please do join the superfans. I so appreciate the enthusiasm and support of this group. Plus, I wanted to give a gold star to everyone who wrote in about our merch If you go to happiercast.com slash shop, you can see what's there, and it has been really fun to hear what people have to say about it. So keep those comments coming. And Elizabeth, our Try This at Home tip is inspired by you. Mm -hmm. It is Escape from Zombie Mode.
0: Yeah, so back in episode 342, I gave myself a demerit for falling into zombie mode after I had been working a lot and I found myself, instead of doing something restorative like reading a book or going on a hike, I was just sitting on the sofa playing games on my phone.
1: Well, clearly you are not alone in this impulse because so many listeners wrote us and told them about their version of zombie mode and how they managed to escape zombie mode when they found themselves in that state.
0: Yeah, and Gresh, before we launch into some of these great ideas, I should mention I actually had a revelation about Ooh. my own zombie mode Ooh. Um, Ooh. and on Happier in Hollywood in the episode that comes out tomorrow. Sarah and I talk about it. what I realized is... I have anxiety about whether or not Fantasy Island is going to get a season two.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: And I think that's causing part of my zombie mode. So I was attributing it to burnout from having been working a lot on season one, but I actually think it has more to do with anxiety about a possible season (sighs) two and waiting to hear the news. So,
1: Well, I think that's a really important revelation because I think those are two very different states. They might lead you to the same behavior, but one is like the overwhelmed, drained, I can't do anything anymore. I just have to like be limp Mm -hmm. feeling. And then, but then there's the uneasiness, unsettledness. My thoughts keep distracting me from whatever I'm trying to do because I'm worried about something in the future. I feel like those are both the kind of states that might make it hard to focus and do something restorative but they're but they're very different in how they make you feel and obviously why you're feeling that way so yes. that feels like that feels like an important revelation
0: yes now i was like oh that's why i've been doing that anxiety yeah and uncertainty. Yes.
1: Because the burnout feeling, there's not the uncertainty, but here you're facing uncertainty.
0: Oh, right. fascinating. So, anyway, I've been working on it, but we luckily we also got good suggestions from yes. our listeners.
1: Yes. However you get to zombie mode, these all sound like really great. Yes. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Yes, well, so many, many people mentioned nature and different ways of connecting with nature and even very minimal ways and easy ways of connecting with nature, like sort of if you couldn't ask more of yourself. Lisa wrote, I find that nature is very restorative and it doesn't take much to get a lot of benefit. When my husband was recovering from COVID long hauler syndrome, we learned that just sitting outside on our deck was helpful. Even if he was playing games on his phone or reading a book, being outside was better than being inside. Inside, he was a zombie, but outside, every time he looked up from the book or screen, he was surrounded by beauty. Green trees, flowers, the smell of the wind, scurrying squirrels, and bird songs. Even the tactile sensation of holding a rock or flower in your hand can be very grounding. Think worry stones. Take off your shoes and stand in the yard for a few minutes. It really doesn't take much.
0: Gretchen, after uh, you and I talked about Lisa's suggestion, I actually went outside and listened to a book on like a lounger Ah. Ah. because it's very nice here in L.A. So that was nice. That was helpful. Just feeling
1: the breeze. Right, right. Just being part of the natural world.
0: Now Sarah says, my tip for fighting chronic zombie mode is to prioritize bedtime and getting enough sleep above everything else. For me, being well-rested is my foundation for wellness. When things feel out of line and I can't pull myself together, the least I can do is roll into bed as early as possible right after dinner sometimes and then use my bedtime alarm and bedtime mode on my phone to help me wind down for the night and get to sleep before I would normally even try to. Catching up on sleep means that then I'm a little more alert and energized when tempting apps start to pull me in.
1: Well, I 100% agree with this. I, but, you know, I am like a sleep zealot. Yes. I feel like a good night's sleep goes so far. So I think this idea that you should just kind of get more sleep even than mm-hmm. you think you need can be very powerful. I'll post some links in the show notes. If you We've done a lot of episodes that talk about sleep hacks and getting better sleep. So in case anybody would like that, I will post the links. Jessica wrote, as you said in the episode, you need something to recharge you enough to have the motivation to do something recharging. I feel like I enter into zombie mode in order to escape reality because it's all too heavy. I'm not sure if this will help others, but when I realize I'm a zombie, I will allow myself to act like I feel. In other words, when I get up off the couch, I act like a zombie, pouting, grumbling, slouching, and dragging my feet. I feel like a child whose mother has told them to get their butt off the couch and do their chores. Eventually, I'm brought back to reality because I feel so ridiculous that I can't help but laugh at myself. Sometimes sometimes it takes a while, but I think it's the laughter that makes me feel lighter and recharged. Well, that's a little bit of whimsy. I love that one. I love that.
0: Cheryl says, some reframing has helped me. While there are many more fulfilling, more fun, and more productive ways to spend downtime, I don't think I always have the capacity to do those things instead. So I've given myself permission to occasionally enter zombie mode as a form of rest, and not feeling guilty about it makes it more
1: restful. Well, that's just admitting, like, this is what I feel like doing right now. Yes. Well, that reminds me of a passage that I really like from Anthony Trollope's autobiography, where he—and and Anthony Trollope was an extraordinarily prolific person, a, a, a prolific novelist, and then he, was, he did a lot of other things as well. Um, and he wrote— Um, about the card game Whist. The playing of Whist before dinner has become a habit with me. I have sometimes felt sore with myself for this persistency, feeling that I was making myself a slave to an amusement, which has not, after all, very much to recommend it. I've often thought that I would break myself away from it and swear off. Now, as I think of it coolly, I do not know but that I have been right to cling to it. Like, if Anthony Trollope Mm -hmm. thinks it's okay, you know, he has to get a lot done. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Now, Kelly had a few suggestions for things that got her out of zombie mode. She says, go for a walk out my front door and whatever I'm already wearing, which I think is interesting because we always feel like we need to change, or I do. Yes, Wash one large item, cutting board, frying pan, start a load of laundry. I do that. Consult the list. I keep a list of smallish tasks that could be put off until later. The big thing for when you get in zombie mode is to avoid all decisions. Picking a thing off an already vetted list is doable, but coming up with a whole useful idea is too hard. The other items are nearly always useful. Dishes and laundry are forever tasks. Sometimes you might get inspired by something you see while doing that.
1: But, Elizabeth, as you've pondered this, since you first identified it, have you had any other revelations in addition to the one you were talking about?
0: Well, you know what's interesting? Um, After you and I spent a lot of time talking about zombie mode, I happened to go out with a group of moms from Jack's school. Mm -hmm. And I realized spending time with those who are friends, spending time with those friends, that really snapped me out of zombie mode more Ah. than anything else. It was just such a relief to socialize and not talk about work. Oh. And what I realized is being with them really taps into another one of my identities, which is mom and friend. Yeah. And it's not about Fantasy Island, basically.
1: Right. Um, Season one or season two. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And it's like... I can relax because I've shed that other part of Mm. me, and I can be, like, totally engaged and energized. So I came home from that kind of feeling like a new person.
1: Well, that is so interesting because research does suggest that the more identities you have, the more resilient you are. Because exactly that, even when—if something's going wrong related to one identity or there's a lot of pressure or anxiety related to one identity— the other identities are, uh, give you a relief from that, and that's exactly what you experience. So that's, yes. that's a really good thing to know about zombie mode is maybe kick into a different identity altogether.
0: Yes, more time with friends. It's always a good thing, and it definitely yes. helped me.
1: That's great. Well, let us know if you do try any of these uh, suggestions at home or other ways that you've used to escape from zombie mode. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. This is happiercast.com slash 345. And there you will find everything related to this episode.
0: Coming up, we have a happiness hack about how to let somebody off the hook
1: graciously. But first, this break. Post your job for
0: free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Okay, it's time for a happiness hack. And this is a great idea that comes from Catherine. She says, I've got a happiness hack about the right way to give someone
0: an out when asking them for something. I used to think this was just common sense, but I recently mentioned it to my husband, a questioner, by the way, and it apparently blew his mind. So I thought maybe (laughs) others would find it useful too. Here's the situation. When you're asking someone to do something, but you want them to actually feel free to say no, you of course want to give them an out. But there's a specific way to give them an out that will make them feel truly free to say no. Many people say something like, Hey, I was just thinking, and I know this is probably a really wacky idea, so please feel free to say no, but what do you think about collaborating on this project? The problem this does not give the person a convenient out. No kind person would ever reply, you know what, that does sound kind of wacky. I'm going to have to pass. (laughs) Instead, a kind person will probably feel the need to reassure you that it's not a wacky idea. So now they're going to have to try to figure out how to tell you they don't want to work with you on this while also fielding your insecurity about asking them. A better way is to think of an actual real excuse they might give you. So you might say something like, I know you're already supervising several dissertations, so I completely understand if you don't have time to be an outside reader, but dot, 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 or I know this is outside your website's usual format, so this submission might not be the right fit, but dot, 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 or something to that effect, depending on the situation. Here's a good rule of thumb. The excuse you give them must be one, tangible, two, possibly true, and three, not self deprecating. Anyway, thanks so much, uh, as always, for your wonderful podcast. And I know you guys are very busy and get a ton of emails every day. So absolutely no worries if you don't have time to respond. And then she says, ahem, see what I did there? Ha ha. And then hilariously, Gretchen, Catherine signs her name, and then under it says, Rebel, Moderator, Simplicity Lover, Underbuyer, and of Late Morning Lark.
1: <laughs> that is so great. I love the way she, like, did it at the end to show us how it's done. Yes. <laughs> well, I just think this is great. This is so practical, and it's something that's like a nagging worry, but yes. you don't even think it through. And here's somebody who's kind of has a framework to just, like, This is how to frame it so that someone can really feel fine about saying no. Yes. So
0: thank you, Catherine.
1: Yes, thank you, Catherine. And now, a Know Yourself Better question from Crystal Ellison. Now, Crystal Ellison is a poet, fiction writer, entrepreneur, and marketing consultant for authors. Her primary business since 2014 has been consulting for authors. I worked with Crystal for years. And it was a joy from beginning to end. And yes, Gretch, I met Crystal in person for the first time at our very
0: first live event, which was a meetup at the Cheesecake Factory <laughs> in Marina del Rey. And Crystal has taught both of us so much.
1: Yes, I will post a picture of the three of us at that Cheesecake Factory. Alyssa, that seems both like decades and decades ago, and also like it happened last month. Yep, Yeah, that was a great
2: day. So, Crystal, it's so great to talk to you. Hi, Crystal. Hi, Liz. Hi, Gretchen. It's so fun to be here, especially after having been behind the scenes for so long. It's fun to be on the other side of the curtain.
1: Yeah. Yes. Well, Crystal, you often have so many insightful observations and suggestions, and now you have this really thought-provoking exercise that is a a terrific know-yourself-better question because it really does help us get insight into our own values, our own interests, our own aims. So tell us what this question is.
2: Okay. My know-yourself-better question is, what are the five things you want to be known for? Now, Mm -hmm. I use this in my video course, Build Your Author Platform, as an exercise to help writers get clarity about how to present themselves online. But I think it's really useful for anyone to use. You could narrow it down to one segment of your life, for example. You could say, Mm. what are the five things I want to be known for at this company? Or what are the five things I want to be known for as a friend or a neighbor? I think there's lots of ways to really use it to just get clarity on one area of your life. Yes.
1: Absolutely. Because it's easy to think like, I should be great at everything and not think about, well, really, what are my core strengths or my core interests? And how do I bring that to the
2: forefront? Absolutely. You know, and so the way I suggest people do it is just start by brainstorming, just brainstorm everything that comes to mind when you think, what do I want to be known for? Just make a big list, no filters, and then go back and look. And there might be some themes that, you know, are Mm. together. You might think about, oh, wow, actually, these three things are very similar. I could put it together. And your five things Could be values or skills, you know, it might be the writing genre or, you know, specific type of business you have, personality traits, strengths, hobbies, interests. You know, I mean, it's very flexible. Whatever those five things are for you, of course, there's no wrong answers. And, of course, rebels might want to make a list of five things I don't want to be known for. (laughs) (laughs) But this is interesting, though, because I could imagine people could have, like, columns and
1: columns and columns of things that are just all the different aspects of their their nature, their personality, their interests. So it might be clarifying even just that first thing
2: would be a really interesting exercise, even without getting to what are the top five. Absolutely. You know, but I think especially for anyone who has a business or a public persona, whether an actor, a musician or anything, there can be that pressure Mm. to be all things or to feel like you have to bring every part of your private life and make it public. But I think if you just pick, I'm going to focus on these five things. And maybe one of them is just a hobby that I love that isn't about my professional Mm -hmm. life. But, you know, it gives you some focus instead of what should I post on Instagram today? Or, you know, then you're like, these are the five things that I'm going to focus on people knowing me for. Right. It also seems like there is something potentially aspirational about it. It's like,
0: well, if I want to be known for this, let me put energy in that place, (laughs) you know?
1: Yes. But Crystal, are there things that you see over and over or that it's rare? Like, uh, what are the patterns that you see as you see people go through this exercise?
2: Well, you know, some people make a really short and sweet list. For example, you know, Mm. Gretchen might put something like, habits, happiness, human nature, five senses in books you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but someone else might put things like each of their five things might be more in depth. So it might be, I'm a YA writer who focuses on characters who are neurodiverse or, you know, so people do it totally what? different. And I think oh. actually that's, what's most interesting to me is that each person that I've seen, who's gone through this exercise, does it in their own way, whether it's a full sentence for each of the five things or just boom, one word. And, you know, obviously, this can be an evolving list. It could just be, I'm going to focus on this for the next six months and see how that goes. And then you might realize, as you often do with your gold stars, that you realize, oh, actually, I didn't want to do that. You know, like putting it on the list makes you realize it is too aspirational. And actually, that isn't something I want to be known for. Mm. Or you realize that there's
1: something that's not on the list that you really keep thinking like, oh, I keep wanting to talk about children's literature Why isn't that on my list if I feel like it belongs there? Interesting.
0: Well, I know the more I put out what I'm interested in, the more what I'm interested in somehow becomes part of my life. So that's
1: what I like. It just, that has a way of happening. Absolutely. Crystal, will you say what your five things are? Sure. Or is it like a private thing that is really just between you and
2: a piece of paper? I can see this is very intimate in a way. It could be intimate if you're doing it not as a public persona, but if you're doing right. it like, this is what right. I want to be known for as a writer or yes. for my business, then it should yes. be things that aren't so intimate that you're not ready yes. to share them publicly. Yes. Yes. So Yeah, they should be the
1: very things you want to share publicly. Exactly. Yes. That's yes. So that's so true. It's the opposite of of, uh, of private. Yes.
2: So I actually put a photo of my five things on my Instagram. You can click through from Gretchen's account or go to consultingforauthors.com slash happier to click and see it. And so I created this PDF and you can fill it out and go through this process. And so I picked the five things and then I kind of put little spokes on a wheel with different ideas related to those five things. Mm. And that can give you content ideas or just more clarity around those five things. So my first thing is I want to be known as a writer of poetry and fiction. And my second thing is just exploration with creativity and art as play Mm. My third thing is related to my business, consulting for authors, so helping authors connect with their readers without feeling sleazy. So that's uh-huh. how I frame uh-huh. that I like one. That. So it's not just author marketing, but it's about mm. helping right. helping authors yes. not feel sleazy in their marketing. And then being an entrepreneur, which is also maybe kind of aspirational. I mean, I have two businesses, but I have dreams of doing more. And then my fifth one is just a phrase that's very meaningful to me that kind of combines a lot of themes I'm interested in, which is, you are not alone. So it kind of covers grief and forgiveness and just honest storytelling and vulnerability and brings all that together. So that's one that kind of just works for me. Well, those all
0: are things, Crystal, that I would very much associate with you so that I, I get that.
1: Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, ideally, you would look at this and a person would be like, oh, that's a very good portrait of the person that I'm seeing. However, I'm coming into contact with this person in real life or virtually. So, Crystal, if people want to get this worksheet and download it, where should they go?
2: Go to consultingforauthors.com slash happier. And you can download the free PDF, no email required. And then you can also get a direct link if you're interested in the course with the promo code happier, you'll get 50% off.
1: And what is the course for people who are intrigued?
2: Um, So it's called Build Your Author Platform, and it's an eight-lesson course designed to help you create a roadmap for authentic author marketing on the internet. Fantastic.
1: Well, Elizabeth and I are very excited about this. We are getting together soon in New York City to do a lot of brainstorming and planning, and we're very, very excited about this because it feels like a very concrete thing because I, I would assume you could do it together as a team. Like maybe we'll do it independently and then compare notes and come up with like a team framework. We love an action
2: item, Gretchen. <laughs> we love an action item. We love a worksheet. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you could do one that's, you know, focused on the podcast. You could do one that's focused on each of you individually. You know, I think yes. it is just a great, Any, I think all those brainstorming tools are so helpful to just get clarity.
1: When I think I see an opportunity to use my fancy magic markers, Elizabeth, I may let you use my fancy markers because that's how much I love you. (laughs) I can't wait.
0: I'm also thinking Sarah, my writing partner and I should do this for showrunning. You know, what we want to be known for as showrunners. I mean, this just could be applied to
1: anything. Yes, because it's about clarity and self-knowledge. Yeah. Well, Crystal, it's such a delight to talk to you as always. It's so fun to see both
2: of your faces and hear your voices (laughs) in person or live.
1: Yes. Live, if not in person. Yes. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks,
2: Crystal. Bye. Coming up,
0: I've got a gold star for my husband, but first this break.
1: Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby loves the Farmer's Dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me.
0: Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier.
1: This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help.
0: Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up this week with a happiness demerit.
1: Okay, listen, this is one of these exciting things where giving yourself a demerit works the minute you articulate it. Okay, so my demerit is that, okay, I have this office chair, which when we moved to this apartment, my mother-in-law had a really great chair. So I was like, I'm just going to get the chair that she has because I know I like it. I ordered this chair. I've had it ever since. And just randomly— Whatever the material is, which is kind of like a fake leather, or I, don't, I don't even know what to call it, on the arms just started flaking off. And I i never was picking at it. I don't know why it would have started to do that, but it started flaking off. And it's very visible, even like on Zoom, you can see it, because the the padding underneath is bright yellow and the covering is black, so mm. it really pops. So I took clear plastic tape and wrapped it to try to stop the flaking from spreading, but then it's just flaking off more and more. It's all over the floor. Now the tape is peeling off, so they're really unsightly. And my demerit was that I was just passively allowing this mm-hmm. to happen. Like, oh, I guess now I just have this hideous chair. Like, well, what could a person do? And I thought, well, maybe there's something I could do if I identify the problem. And it was just like, well, am I just going to have to get a whole new chair? That seemed like an overreaction mm-hmm. <laughs> to a perfectly good office chair. And then I thought, why don't I use that magical answer to everything, which is Google. Yes. So I just Googled. I looked up the name, the brand name of the chair. I'm like, what do I do about the flaking? Or-? And it turns out, I ordered these things. We'll see if it works. They're like these almost kind of like socks that you put over. They're like elasticized mm. and you put them over your, your arm. See, I didn't realize this must be a very, very common problem yes. because there's, there was a lot of conversation about it and solutions. So in a way, it was like, okay, it's not my fault. This is a thing that happens. Why they haven't fixed this is puzzling. But there was a very, very inexpensive solution. And it seems that people find it to be a true solution. So I will report back. Mm -hmm. But I think that by articulating my demerit, I help myself identify the problem and potentially a solution. If you have any other, listeners, if you have any other solutions, Hmm. Let me know in case I need to go to plan B. I I refuse to replace the whole chair. Hmm. If anyone's curious about what my armrests look like, I'll post a link in the show notes. Well, that's great,
0: though. It's always so satisfying when there's something to do.
1: No, I kind of thought I was going to be unscrewing the arms and, like, mailing them into some (laughs) place, you know, to try to get them all recovered. So this would be a very good solution. How about you, Elizabeth? What is your gold star?
0: Well, Gretchen, my gold star is sort of related to your demerit. I am giving ah. a gold star to Adam, my husband, for replacing all of the worn-out parts of Jack's trampoline. So we have oh. in our living room a decent-sized trampoline. It's not like the big ones that people have in their outdoor you know, backyard, but it's also not like a mini tramp. It's like in no. between. It's big
1: enough to do a flip on. It's a proper trampoline. And Jack loves
0: it, and he actually wore it out, okay? You might not think you can wear out a trampoline, especially indoors, but he did it. And Adam, like, I would have either said, well, that's it for the trampoline, because all the spring it got dangerous. You know, the springs were falling out, and the net was torn, and the bars were not working, and all this. I would have either just thrown it out and ordered a new one, or just thrown it out. Had been like, well, that's (laughs) it for trampolines. But Adam ordered, which I didn't even know you could do, new parts for all of the pieces that were were no longer viable. And he Mm. laid it all out and he put together this new and improved redone trampoline, which I I just, in a million years, I could not have accomplished that. But he did it. He did it on his own without complaining, very timely also. And just as soon as he possibly could, he got it done. Oh,
2: so wow. I give
0: him a big gold star because Jack's back in the trampoline jumping um uh, and very happy. And I was impressed.
1: That's a great gold star, and I also give a gold star to Jack for using it because because a trampoline is the kind of thing where you think, oh, well, we'll we'll get it, but then is it like my kids will use it three times and we never use it again, and it's sort of like you sort of debate, is this something that will really be used? But, I mean, if you wear out your trampoline— I mean That's a lot that, of my jumping. under by self is very satisfied by <laughs> exactly, that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Very satisfying. Yes. So, we, yeah. It could be used no more. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, gold star
0: to Adam for making Jack so happy.
1: Yes. The resources for this week, if you want to subscribe to the Happiness Project email list to get tips, tools, and insights for your own happiness project delivered to your inbox, you can go to happiercast.com slash happiness project list to sign up. That's different from my list, the five things making me happy. This is all very much specifically about doing a happiness project. Also, and you've heard us say this before, if you hear hosts like us ask listeners to rate and review the show, that is because listeners really respect the views of other listeners, and so rates and reviews really help, assuming you have good things to say, help people get interested and discover the show. And it's very easy to do once you know what to do. So if you want step-by-step instructions just to take you through it, go to GretchenRubin.com slash podcast hyphen subscription hyphen instructions. Not the easiest URL. I will put the link in the show notes. That's podcast hyphen subscription hyphen instructions. It's about how to subscribe, follow, rate, review. And give yourself a gold star if you've already done it. Because as we say, Hmm. it really is a big help to the show. Yes. Elizabeth, what we're reading, what are you reading?
0: I am listening to Heads in Beds, a reckless memoir of hotels,
1: hustles, and so-called hospitality by Jacob Tomsky. How about you? Wow. And I am reading Between the Acts by Virginia Woolf, the last novel in my summer of Virginia Woolf. Good job, Grad. You did it. I'm getting close. <laughs> and that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Escape from zombie mode. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our guest,
0: Crystal Ellison. You can visit consultingforauthors.com slash happier. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram, at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com.
1: And I won't say it here because I already said it. If you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and follow us. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Craft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. But, Elizabeth, my question about the trampoline is, like, Jack is already tall for his age. Like, is is, there, is he going to get to the point where he just is going to be too tall to jump on the trampoline indoors? Well, that's what we keep telling him, that when his
0: head starts hitting the ceiling, then that's when oh. it's going. So <laughs> we're not there yet, but um, we're in a constant lookout uh, right. for his head hitting the ceiling. Because then we're going to turn <laughs> that area of the living room into another seating area.
1: Oh well, you want you want to kind of anticipate when that's going yes, to happen before he <laughs> like. get cracks his head. Yes, from the onward project.
0: not just a house. This is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.